Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Radical change with ease. Do you remember, Pat, when you you mixed it up and it was (laughs) radical ease with change? It was something like that, wasn't it? It was. It was radical ease with change. I loved that. I loved that. And welcome, everybody. You are here with the wonderful Pat and myself, Megan Edge, on Playing on the Ridge, Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease. And today we're talking about being on the edge of medical madness. This is a, oh, I've got goosebumps just even tapping into the energy of what we're going to be talking about today, sharing about today, and hopefully maybe blowing a few minds today. Yeah, that's my hope and intention. And what I love about this is we're, we're going to, we're not just going to take a snapshot in time, we're going to really go back and Mm -hmm. talk about the fact that being on the edge of medical madness has existed forever. It goes as far back as belief and disbelief in ancient healing traditions. It, it goes and it evolves itself through the age of discovery and the age of science, but it also goes through and evolves itself to the discounting of things that came before what we now know as conventional medicine. And so this show today is about what? It's about this. You know, when we talk about medical or medicine, we have a snapshot of the world today. But we have to look at how we even got here as human beings, how we weren't completely annihilated from every bug, every virus, every pimple that showed up in our lives. How did this happen 2000 years ago? How did people live, survive, and thrive. How did that happen then? And why, as we move forward, do we create the medical madness by wanting to discount what people in indigenous countries are using now and are not sick? Hello. And well, not only indigenous peoples, but whole cultures. Look at Chinese medicine, look at Ayurvedic medicine go to any pharmacy in Germany or France and you'll find the shelves are full of tinctures and supplements and plant medicines. And and really, when we ask the question, you know, how did we get here? How is it that we managed to survive the last five million years of evolution? Well, we did it by evolving alongside the medicines that kept us healthy. But more than that, we learned how to live well. And I feel like we've lost that learning. We've lost the knowing that fresh air, clean water, good food, fresh food, not prepackaged, not pre-made, not with all the nutrients pulled out of it. And, and healthy soils are what creates a strong, healthy, vital, resilient human being. And it's really only within the last 
150 to 250 years when we think about the Industrial Revolution and all the consequences of that to a human's ability to be healthy, moving into cities, waters becoming polluted, soils becoming depleted, and then a lack of variety in medicines to help us overcome the illnesses that show up for us. So there is a long history and there's also really a short history. A lot's happened in the last 150 years that has been very detrimental yeah, you're going to school us. Especially in North America. Yeah, I want you to take us on this journey because why? First of all, you are an expert in the journey and what you've created in your own life. So let's just be really clear about that right there. Um, but also, you're a person that does the research, mm -hmm. that builds things based on not just what you create in your own healing modalities, but based it on science too. So take us on a journey back. Right. Because yeah. I'll tell you what's happening now, what's showing up a lot in our pop culture, and it's showing up through whether it's Netflix series or an Apple series or somebody says something, something somewhere. All of a sudden, something creeps, creeps in, some kind of thing creeps in and somebody here hears about what? Chaka mushroom. That's like, you know, number one like I can't say the station, but a number one series mm -hmm. and they've got the mushroom and they're mm -hmm. talking, how does that happen in 2021, Megan? Well, wait, how does it happen that we don't know what that is here in North America? <laughs> Good point. I know because, what it is because I drank the tea. <laughs> well, yes. And to use the example of mushrooms, you know, it's, well, actually let's, Let's take it back a step. I was thinking about this this morning in preparation for the show today. Somehow on the boat from Europe to North America, people forgot or purposely left behind what they knew about plants and mushrooms and soil and, and all the rest and came to North America completely disregarding the information and knowledge that the Indigenous peoples had from living here all this time, and decided to reinvent the wheel, the, the reinvent the medicine wheel, and not in the way that Indigenous people use it. And I have to wonder why, why would you just leave behind so much knowledge? And so that got me thinking, and I had to go farther back. I'm going to bring up the Inquisition just for a moment. And for those of you who are not familiar with what the Inquisition was, and to some degree still is, it was a full-on attack on the population, mostly women or healers, or people who didn't follow the church's dictates at the time. And this is not church bashing. This is just history. Yeah. And an all-out attack on the herbal healers because... The, the, the politics behind that was that if the people can't look after themselves and be healthy themselves, then they will turn to the church and the church will absolve them of their, will keep their soul from disarray and whatever else. And there was a whole rhetoric around he, health and healing is only available at the hands of God and the priest. And I'm not saying don't pray if you're sick. Sure, please do go ahead and do that. And in the meantime, also do these other things. So you get this, this glut of, of knowledge that is no longer available, because you've killed the people who carry the knowledge, you've killed the healers, the wise women, you've, you've killed the doctors of the past. 
And that paves the way for a new kind of medical model. And that medical model is based on a very masculine model to the point where in the earlier part of last, the last century, uh, and right up until very recently in parts of Canada still, it was illegal to practice midwifery. It was illegal for women to practice medicine. That, that's in the US in the late 1800s, early 1900s, those few brave women who pushed their way into medical school to say, no, we need to know this as well. And there's a whole history that's been lost of women in medicine. That's, that can be a whole other show. It's fascinating when you actually find the history again. And then, and then as women came back into medicine, they were relegated to the nursing role and not encouraged to take on leadership roles. So, so we have a very masculine model of healing. And, and again, that's not bashing male doctors. It's, it's that, that, that masculine role, model of healing and the way that, that with the industrial revolution and industrialized medicine, we started to create a model of medicine that compartmentalizes the body sees the body as a machine, and then dissects it into its working parts with a complete disregard for the whole system, how things interact, and the effect and impact of the environment on the individual. And so fast forward to today, and now we're working in a medical model where there's a belief that one size fits all. Mm -hmm and that there are no exceptions, and there is nothing else but the pill, but the medicine to help heal somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing today in the show is we're talking about, um, well, actually, it's a question, isn't it? And the question is, are we on the edge of medical madness? Is, is that where we are? And that's why I love doing a show like this, because we're, we're going to share information. We're going to share facts with you. We're going to share things today. And you have to decide this because when you step back from it, you're, you, me, all of us were at a choice point, right? Mm -hmm. In the last show, you know, they heard me talk a little bit about my own healing journey and how everything that I had known wasn't working mm -hmm. because I knew one model of medicine in 2003. Right. I had a little bit introduction to energy because I went on a path to study that, to understand sacred ritual. But by no means did I even understand how to translate that to an everyday life. Right. So aren't we today, Megan, aren't we presenting the question for people? Are we, are you on the edge of medical madness? What do we mean by that? Let's talk about what we mean by that. Yeah, and that's, that's a really great place to start. What do we mean by medical madness? For me personally, medical madness is when we are not given options. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are informed that it is this way or there's no other, there's nothing else. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a pill, it's a vaccine, it's a radiation treatment, it's a fill in the blank, and that there is no creative thinking or critical thinking. And again, it's not that this is every doctor, but I have come across a fair number of them at this point in, in my journey, my daughter's journey, my mother's journey, where there is simply no spark of curiosity. It is as it has been presented. The other aspect for me about medical madness is when we look at who is controlling the medicine. 
in North America? And what is the interest and motivation that those who control the medicine, um, what, is their, yeah, what is their motivation? Why is there such tight control over this medicine or these medicines when we only have to scratch the surface to understand that there are so many other options? And then the third definition for me around medical madness is when there is a complete disregard, shaming, character slander on anyone who dares to suggest that looking after yourself through food, nutrition, exercise, clean water, faith, whatever it is, has a significant impact on how healthy a person is going to be. So those are my three main, I mean, there's more, but those are my three main, for me, definitions of what is, in fact, medical madness. Yeah. And here's what I love. Medical madness, again, let me give you a short version of what it was like for me mm-hmm. before I discovered the, you know, the sanity version of it. Um, you know, Susan Dene does a show, and she hasn't started yet, but her brand is called Know You're Crazy. That's to know those parts of you mm. that make you feel crazy, right? right? That's a short version of it. What made me feel crazy after a lifetime of success, corporate jobs, the whole, the whole gamut, successful athlete, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. What made me feel crazy in 2004 was not having answers and not having options and not having alternatives. Right. And believe it or not, it was the angel lady who pointed me to natural medicine mm-hmm. in the strangest way by giving me a conventional problem. So when we talk about medical madness or any form of this, what people say, Megan, is I feel totally, totally shackled Mm. by not having the freedom to choose. See, that is the freedom we have. And when we don't have that freedom to choose, Mm -hmm. when we have to go to another country to get a modality for cancer that actually works Mm -hmm. in that country, people feel like I'm running out of options. I'm running out of choices. I feel hopeless, don't they? they? They do. And it's a very real experience because sadly, our conventional medical system is very limiting. In, in what it is willing to accept as possibilities and, and choice. And one of the things that's really come up for me over the last year and a half is about informed consent. It's about having oh. access to the information itself, to the research itself. I've said so many times on Facebook and, and to clients and to just family and friends in general, do your own research. And it's one thing to say that, and I do my own research, But I realized that where I'm looking for my information isn't readily available to somebody who is just typing into Google cures for cancer or how to how to deal with viruses or, you know, how to how to boost your immune system. Unfortunately, if they're just looking at the first page of a Google search for that, they're not going to get very far. It actually it's not enough to simply say, just do your research. Right. What's more helpful is to say, look over here you know, here's what PubMed is, here's, here is how this is a resource for you. Here's how to navigate a scientific um, research database. And here's how to read the information about all the studies that are being done. And most people don't know how to do that. And I certainly didn't know how to do that until I started. 
um, and had a few people show me here's what PubMed is or here's what um, there's another one called med something anyway we mm -hmm. can we can find the links and put them in for people yeah and let yeah. me just let me just come out and say this before we go to break um i'm going to give something specific really right out of the gate and i'm going to i'm going to cite empirical research on it for anybody that's like youtube and monitoring and facebook let's talk about reiki for a moment mm. now how is it Reiki, R-E-I-K-I, and maybe Olivia and, and y'all can, you know, just make sure you type that in so people see it. What happens when once upon a time it's considered alternative and then now it's starting to show up in empirical research in journals? And so I'm saying this because what I'm about to say, I'm going to say it from the research, empirical. Mm -hmm. And you could Google it. You can peer, uh, Google empirical study on Reiki. And what you're going to find are scientific studies, clinical studies, and scientific evidence, right? Mm -hmm. And when you start to look at these, and you look at them from mixed methods of studying, because I'm a researcher, when you look at them from this point of view, and you look at the evaluation, you're going to get two things, quantitative, qualitative, and a mixed version. I am a mixed version specialist. I take quantitative and qualitative and I put them into empirical form. So now what you have are studies, including studies that have come out in 2019. Why? Why are we getting these studies in 2019? Why are we talking about Reiki as a growing complementary therapy? And this article was on pediatric oncology. Why are we talking about it? Why are people studying it? Why are they now having empirical results, right? Where 61% were analyzed, this amount happens, this demonstrates. So why are we now having an empirical article that says this study demonstrates the feasibility of using raking therapy in pediatric cancer patients undergoing HSCT. Furthermore, these studies evidence that trained pediatric uh, oncology nurses can insert Reiki into their clinical practice as a valid instrument for diminishing suffering of cancer in child. Hallelujah, Ooh. hallelujah, and I love it. And how is it that this is happening right now in 2019, 2021, 2022? Because people have lost faith in conventional medicine. They have watched their loved ones die. They have reached that point of frustration. They're tired of being told, this is it, this is what you've got, and you have to learn to live with it for the rest of your life. I think that there is a significant portion of the population, both at the professional level and the personal level, who are starting to think critically about what they've been taught about medicine and are starting to look for something else. As a Reiki master, I was taught in all of my trainings the whole process of Reiki. I was taught the history of Reiki, the, the man who created the original Reiki, the Osuri Reiki. And the kinds of, the sorts of research that's happening now validates what, he, what his experience was when he first started to create Reiki and what so many generations of Reiki practitioners have experienced. And then taking that experience and turning it into other types of energy healing, like my intuitive energy massage, which incorporates Reiki, but also has a whole bunch of other things. And, and in fact, before the world shut down last March, a colleague of myself, a colleague of mine and I were starting to do scientific research on intuitive energy massage. Mm -hmm. 
right and looking at what's happening why are people having these amazing healing experiences with this what's going on in the body and how can we chart what's happening in the with brain waves and what's happening with blood flow and and all of these amazing amazing things it's becoming mainstream because it's worked for enough people that we've hit a tipping point and that tipping point is huh if this is working so well anecdotally maybe there's something to it and now science is validating ancient ancient forms of healing whether it's plant medicines essential oils energy healing chakra work whatever it is there's finally enough interest in taking this from the woohoo realm where it gets dismissed to the huh there might be something valid here mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see what we can do with it and that's a beautiful blending of science and research and modern conventional medicine and what we consider to be alternative or ancient medicines mm-hmm. Beautiful. And, and you know, and I want to be really clear about this, because we're talking about medical madness when we get to the point where we're not allowed to choose. Mm-hmm. That means if I break my leg, I get to choose going to Dr. Boone and like saying, Dr. Boone, put my leg together. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if I get to like I made a choice to get two new knees, I want to go and Dr. Boone, pull out your robot make this happen, right? And then go on the journey. But then I also want to be able to choose, yes, I'm going to go through everything that conventional medicine wants me to do. And can you please give me the option then paid by insurance, which it doesn't, Mm -hmm. to then go over here and get a modality that will take care of my scar. Right. And, you know, that may be uh, an injection which has been used so anciently, you know, we have had certain modalities that literally will take a scar to heal. I mean, talking, you know, people in the Amazon, I'm talking about people that knew to take a massive scar. And by taking herbs, they have their own form of injection, not what we have today, but have treated that wound. in certain ways. How do we know it? Well, we've gotten some of their secrets. Thank you, Amazon John. But in in the scheme of things, um, Mm -hmm. this is the Journal of Pediatric Oncology Nursing with this journal. I I actually put the link in there for um, Olivia to take a look at. Um, That was published May 3rd. And I got to give a little credit to Dr. Zuccioletti, uh, Dr. Candela and Dr. Botticelli. Uh, these are the people that did this particular article and it is available and you can check it for updates. It's just one article. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, look at essential oils, over 200,000 research projects looking at the validity, veracity, um, looking at at the way in which the components and constituents of essential oils as a medicinal or as medicine can have impact and effect on viruses, bacteria, cancers, Alzheimer's, inflammation, you name it. I mean, I know there's the, the catchphrase, there's an oil for that, and that's making it quite simplified. But at a certain level in terms of healing and medicine, there is there is a plant, there is an essential oil that can be a contributing factor in healing. It's not a miracle cure. Nothing is a miracle cure. We have to do the work still. But to completely dismiss an entire area of research 
Mm -hmm. Oh, let me blow your mind on this. (laughs) All right, before we go to break. Yeah. Journal article published October 1, 1997. Uh, That's like a few years ago. So I'm going to give you the old one. Mm -hmm. Essential oils and aromatherapy, their modern role in healing. In the abstract of this article, it goes on and it says very simply, it's one of the most active growing forms. They call it at this time, alternative medicine, combining massage together with counseling, right? So they go on and then they go on to talk about in the abstract that stress-related disorder, aromatherapy encourages healing. And they go on to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, They go on to say that when they get down to the actual mode of action of essential oils, Here's what they say. This is 97 now. When we come back from break, we'll give you an update. They say the actual result is far from known, although there is evidence that essential oils can act as an antimicrobial and antioxidant agent or have a pharmacological effect on various tissues. Mm-hmm. Studies have shown, now this is 1997, everybody. Studies have shown that essential oils have an effect on brain waves and can also alter behavior. It is possible that most of the effect of the oils is transmuted through brain via olfactory, but we now know also it's transmuted through the skin. And it says use professionally and safety can be a great benefit to adjunct or conventional medicine or simply as an alternative. Uh, thank you, uh, Liz Balchin, for that. That is an article. And it came out of the Royal Society for Public Health. Royal Society for Public Health. Yes. So that is like not the scholarly article that I would imagine that that would be posted in. But you see, this is what we're talking. And there's so many more. There's mm-hmm. so many more. I gave you an old article. But if mm-hmm. you fast forward, you'll start to look at some of the, 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 the uh, new articles. For example... The commercial essential oil potential for antimicrobials in treating skin disease. It goes on and on and on. And for Facebook and YouTube, these are scholarly articles. This is an article that I'm quoting from 2017, just for y'all out there. Uh, Anne Orchard and Sandy Van Vuren. When we come back from break, don't just look at the articles, look at their methods, look at their structure. The point is this. We're so far beyond saying that these things don't work. How do I know? The minute you have an empirical or an evidence-based complementary and alternative medicine, evidence-based article, you move out of the realm of conjecture. You move out of the realm of storytelling and you move into science. When we come back, this is not for us to tell you what to do. We are not doctors. This show is about choosing. So instead of medical madness, you have medical mastery. Mm. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Well, some of us are outwardly successful, but inwardly feel unhappy and living a life lacking in purpose and meaning. It just doesn't feel good. Well, The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer can help you discover what's important to you and how to go for it. For more information to purchase the book, go to transformationtalkradio.com or carlgreer.com. (music) 
Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Heaven on Earth, your online school of divinity, building your inner coach as you lay down your foundation in the new earth with you as the authority. Take action now. The number one challenge people face every day is the negative voice in their head. We work each day to turn negatives into positives. It's all a matter of perception. Our challenge at this time is to remain intensely positive and focused, creating the world we wish to live in. Wake up on purpose with Cornelia's daily online positive messages guiding us in the new paradigm. Raise yourself into happiness and inner peace daily. Elevate your personal frequency free from negativity and reprogram yourself step-by-step, shifting your energy patterns with positive repetition, daily building your new earth with someone you trust. All the heavy lifting has been done for you. Wake up happy with CorneliaStephanieVIP.com. Try free for seven days now. Did you know that when we talk about the earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show, Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy, and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit QuantumTouch.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And by the way, you are listening to, uh, and this is really kind of cool because this is a show Megan and I do every month. It's playing on the edge radio and it's with Megan Edge, Radical Change with These. Today, we're having a conversation which has more questions than answers which is on the edge of medical madness. And we describe medical madness in a couple of ways from our perspective, but what does it mean for you? What does being on the edge of medical madness mean for you? And it could mean so many things, right? This is where you get to decide this. Before we go to the phones, can you just let folks know, one, how they can find out more about you, but also what are some of the other things that you've got you're doing and planning? Yes, absolutely. Well, certainly Transformation Talk Radio, you can find my profile um, right then and there. And you can see all of our shows that we've done for the last four years. This is show 48. Can you yes. It? I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so there. Congratulations seven. to us. Yes. Congratulations to us. Let's get to 50. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a big bonanza show. Um, you can certainly find me at my, my webpage, which is meganedge.ca. And then YouTube, we've got a beautiful YouTube channel filled with all kinds of resources and workshops and, and our radio shows and the whole, well, there's all sorts of things there. And that's Megan Edge Healing. 
Megan Edge Healing on LinkedIn, Megan Edge Healing on Facebook, and Megan Edge on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I've just recently opened up and I'm launching my new Etsy store. And I'll show you our beautiful, this is our, our new uh, branding that we've got here for it. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Beyond the Garden Gate. Beyond the Garden Gate Botanicals. Beautiful. And isn't that gorgeous? Yeah. Yeah. And this is all about plant medicines and essential oils and the various products that I have been researching and then making over the last couple of years and bringing them now onto a platform where people can purchase them from me for their own, their own use as a complement to whatever other medicine they might be using. Because for me, it's always about building bridges. It's always about that meeting in the meeting in the middle. <laughs> and that's why we're talking about this today, because, mm -hmm. you know, my version of medical madness had more to do with two major events. One of them was an event that one day I was sitting and the next I was in an ambulance and I went through months of tests, so many tests, hooked up to so many things. You know, folks were like, we didn't think you were gonna come back. And I'm like, where'd I go? Mm -hmm. and, and so you, you go on that journey and that's a journey I started before I started this, before I knew anything about it. So you're reading reports, you're looking at tests, you're not understanding them, you know, but you really don't feel empowered. You don't know that you can even ask the questions. And then when you do, and you're told, well, we discovered a couple of really cool things about you. And then they throw out words like spectrum and you're thinking it's a color palette <laughs> and you go off in your world, right? And then you have another event, but you get to the point sometimes where the answers just don't make sense yes and you ask different questions yes okay now having said all that um we had steve on the phone he was going to come on and make a comment um but steve if you're there please give us a call back this is a show where everybody gets to decide what this is for them mm -hmm. you know we're not telling you what you should define as your medical mojo no we're not it, what it is for, for me, Pat, is it's about finding out and understanding where an illness comes from or why an injury happens. It's not enough for me to be told by a doctor, well, we don't know. We know you have the symptom, but we don't know where it came from. And we don't really, we're not really going to find out for you because we've got this medicine that we know will help with that symptom, maybe sometimes maybe there'll be side effects but here take it anyways and we and, and this is the experience that I've had not only with my own health but with my daughter's health as well I want to understand how how did this condition show up or the functional neurological disorder what sparked it and I've had people say to me well it doesn't really matter what sparked it you can't fix it I don't believe that I just don't believe that. And, and maybe that's a problem or maybe it's not. But as soon as someone tells me there's no solution, there's no answer, this is just the way it is, that kickstart my research gene and I just go into overdrive. Like, but hang on, is that true? You know, there's only one way to fix this. Are you sure? <laughs> I think there might be others. If we look, if we look beyond just what's right in front of us to see that there are options, to educate ourselves, to add, to learn how to advocate for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the conversation today that's so important for me because, you know, when I think back 
um, I'm like everybody else. I had a, you know, a white coat walks in the room and it doesn't matter who's in it. You know, there's a level of authority that you automatically give them. And in some cases, rightly so. Mm -hmm. Like Dr. Boone, you come in there and you're going to do my thing for my knee. I've already done my homework on you. I'm willing to say, good. Take the knees, take the robot, make the knees work, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But then when it's all over and done, you're going to get recommendations and then you're going to get other options. And this is where people feel like they're losing it. One, they don't know what the other options are. Mm -hmm. Or two, they know what the other options are. And there's no way to get supplemented financially for them. Yeah, and we could we could go on about our medical mm-hmm. system between Canada and the United States and all the places where it's really struggling right now to be able to provide good care for people. And there are good people trying to do good work in that system, but the system itself is so cumbersome at this point yeah. that really, I mean, I think you have you have a couple of choices. The choice is either to hand over your sovereignty and your health mm-hmm. autonomy to the white coat and just trust and pray that they have solutions for you that are going to work for you mm-hmm. or start asking other questions yeah. about what's available. Exactly. And that's why we're doing the show today to say that whatever you do, no matter what path you go on, one of the ways to really eradicate medical madness is knowing you have the freedom to choose. Why don't we go to Steve? I think Steve's back. Steve from Atlanta. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Welcome to the show. How can hey. we help you today? Thank you so much. I just wanted to say, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, Megan, Dr. Pat, a really great conversation. We we really need to have more of it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. You know, we're trying our best. And you noticed in this particular show, we are supporting things we're saying with evidence because we don't want this show to be censored or taken down. So we're very mindful to not just give our perspectives, but to give people things that they can look at and make decisions for themselves. You know, Steve, it's really great that you called in with that. Thank you so much, because sometimes we do know whether we're meeting your needs and we're bringing you the kind of programming that you deserve. And so getting that feedback from you you is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And And I did have a couple of comments, if I may, just from what I heard earlier. Go for it. Go ahead. So first, I wanted to say um, I completely agree with Megan. She made a comment earlier about how conventional medicine can really feel restrictive. And I had a very good conversation with a a good friend of mine who's a doctor who talked about from his perspective um, that one of the major issues we're having with conventional medicine, and he even sees it as a doctor, is that um, you have to find a doctor that's willing to listen to you and really hear your concerns and not just dictate to you what his or her experience as a doctor suggests you should do. Um, and if you find that doctor, then certainly conventional medicine becomes a much greater option for you um, in what you're terming this medical madness, yeah. which for me, um, the way I define medical madness, and I'm, I, I understand that this is just purely you know, empirical, but for me, what I find to be medical madness is the fact that so many people are making decisions about their own health without really considering the impact 
um, on others around them and and how much lack of information is out there. Like, um, And so that brings me to um, the idea, too, that, Megan, you talked about choices, um, that absolutely choices in, 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 in the medical field have to be there for us. It's, all, it's our bodies. It's our choices. And um, one of the things, though, that I would say about cho- making your choice, like for me, I was um, afraid to be vaccinated because of underlying issues that I had, um, and I didn't know where to turn to, to get the information I need. But the thing that I'm finding, like with COVID specifically, because I, I just uh, covered, is that COVID really isn't the issue. The mm-hmm. issue is that COVID is finally forcing us to explore just how connected we are because we're making decisions that impact our families, our communities, and even have global impact. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We don't even tend to think along those lines day to day. But but regular Gene and Joe Blow are making decisions that impact everyone. And, and I think if we have to reframe the conversation so that we're thinking in terms of what impact do, does our decisions have. And mm-hmm. the last thing I just wanted to say, I don't want to take all your time, but with research, once I hear all the time about research, and the one thing I would say about that is if anyone does their research, understand what that means. Like research isn't just Googling something, and I think I heard <laughs> both of you talk about that. It isn't just Googling something. No. <laughs> Part of your research is understanding who wrote the research that you're reading and mm-hmm. what's their agenda. Why did they put that research out there, understanding who wrote that? Because one of the issues we're having in this medical madness, too, is that people are researching information that already fits what they think. And if you're doing that, that's not research. You have to be prepared to learn things that you're not comfortable with if you're truly going to research. And so I would just want to throw that out there as well. Yeah, by the way, that's a really good point, Steve. In the research field, right? We call that stockpiling your agenda. Uh, And those of us that are researchers, and we've actually had to publish, we have an entire committee that makes sure we're not stockpiling that we, you know, if I have a hypothesis about something, they make sure that that we're not stockpiling our research results. And so that's why we talk about empirical research on this show. Those go through committees, those go through boards. And before you get to be in one of those journals that I cited, especially the Royal Journal, so many people have looked at it, but your point is so well taken. And that's why we're doing the show today is for all of us to understand, one, we've got to start asking more questions. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get the answers, Try not to give up. I know it's daunting. Steve, thank you so much for that uh, valuable input. And let me just say this last thing, even if you hang up, you can listen. There's a reason we are going to completely independent network in 2022. So our theme in 2022 is 2022, it's all about you. And there's a reason that we're pulling away from other, I can't mention their names, but other distributions that are censoring our people. Because what we're finding is we cannot even have a conversation. I can't even do a show to bring a person on that has an opinion about a certain virus and whether they should take a vaccine. And a person over here, the same issue that doesn't want to. I can't even do a show Mm -hmm. and have people talk about how they feel. 
because it violates medical misinformation. I don't know, maybe this show is going to be yanked, but I hope not because we are not talking about that particular thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. But that's why we have to pull out and become independent. That's why we have to pull out and become independent for our green channel. Because now you can be flagged if you talk about the ice. That's why you're doing this show, Megan. That is because that's part of medical madness. When you can't talk about stuff. Yes. And and as you know, thank you, Steve. Yes, thank you, Steve. (laughs) Um, As you know, from many of the shows we've done over the past year and a half or so, and, and even before then we've really been looking at what is underneath this medical madness. What are people afraid of that they're going to learn or know, or that others are going to learn or know that may be contrary to a mainstream narrative that's being said by certain peoples and industries. And if we are not able as citizens to have the information and the alternatives, the options, to be able to have some kind of control over our own health and what goes in our bodies and how we are in the world, then actually we don't have choice. And right now, there is very little choice being presented yeah. to people. In fact, I would go to so far to say, at least in my country, there is no choice being offered beyond a particular mandated thing. Yeah. You know, here we have something really paradoxical happening, and we'll probably have to do a show about it. I think you and I did a show about it once before. It was really a fired up show. Mm. But in the United States, we have states that are actively violating uh, a constitutional um, a constitutional amendment on Roe v. Wade. We have states like the state of Texas that is put in the most restrictive, ridiculous, in my opinion, I mean, honestly, if you even call from another state and try to help a woman in the state, or not even a woman, help the partner of a woman in the state of Texas, there's a $10,000 bounty on you. And if you Google and Facebook, don't believe me, you can Google that yourself and look it up. But this is something that is so far out of what we know in a place where we thought we were protective. So on the edge of medical madness goes beyond what you and I are talking about today. Because if you are a woman and you think in the United States you are protected at the federal level and you find that that federal level has no bearing whatsoever because individual people can yank your rights away from you, like my mama used to say, faster than you could shake a stick, mm-hmm. that's And in this case, it is medical madness. It is horrific what's happening in Texas. And And I'm not saying like, it doesn't matter if you're pro this or pro that. No, no. This is a matter of, wait a minute. You're controlling my body? Mm -hmm. Hello. One thing I think is really important to, to, um, to speak to is that people are not just lying down and taking this. People are standing up. People are standing up. And in your country, they are a lot. Well, no, they are in your country too. We they don't are. get to see it all because the censorship is not just about medicine. It's oh, about people right. coming together and demonstrating strength in numbers. And unfortunately, um, mainstream media is not in the habit of letting us see when other people are doing something that might encourage us to do the same thing. And that's not a conspiracy. That's just the truth. 
But when you start to look again past the first page of Google, and that was, Steve, it was funny that you mentioned that because what I was trying to get to was go past the first page of Google. First page of Google is not going to give you <laughs> the kind of in-depth research that we're talking about necessarily. Um, people are standing up. Doctors are standing up. Immuno immunologists are standing up. Cardiologists are standing up. People who are top in their field around the world are gathering together and saying, this is medical madness and we are not going to be party to it. So if you are in our audience, if you are listening to this and you are feeling desperate or like that you're alone or that you're the only person in your whole family or your whole set of friends who has this crazy notion that as human beings, we should have the right to make medical choices for ourselves. You are not alone. Yeah. There are hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people around the planet right now yeah. who are saying to their governments, no way, not me, not my body. <laughs> this is my body, my choice, my business. And yeah. I need to have, I need to be able to make that, that choice. So you're not alone. Not yeah. Alone. And that's why we're creating the forum we're creating, because you can't go to one of the, the top social media places and start to put your opinion about this in there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is, it's so fascinating to me because Censorship has been that of government in the past. This is private censorship. Mm. This is a whole nother animal. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, government is one thing. Yeah. And I don't care, government, you put whatever that means to you. State, local, providence. But private censorship is really fascinating. It's like a new toy. And it's interesting because we were talking about this as we were putting the show together, you know, follow the breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs, who benefits most from medical censorship, who benefits most from us being able to have an open conversation and share not only our opinions, but our stories, our anecdotal experiences that we've mm -hmm. had, who is it who's benefiting from a monopoly of medicine? Mm -hmm. And then who are they in bed with? And, and this is a whole other episode, perhaps, or maybe not, I don't know. But it doesn't take very much effort to mm -hmm. start connecting the dots as you follow the breadcrumbs. And it's not a comfortable place to go for a lot of people, I would say for anyone, because the implications are fairly staggering, like they mm -hmm. are staggering. When we look at control of medicine, control of the release of treatments that would help um, not being able to have access to really simple things like supplements and vitamins or the yeah. information about them and why they're helpful to us yeah. uh, not being given protocols for early treatment of various things having that not made available and then the question the bigger question of why and what's the motivation for that that's kind of the thing. Those, those are the yeah. stuff of nightmares that keep you up at night. At least they do keep me up at night. It's, it's so deep. I mean, I have a friend that is really done his own research as a doctor with NAD and looking at the intravenous, the IV effects of that and what it's doing to really build stamina and help people. And I mean, there's so many aspects to that. And, you know, what I find about that is you can go and peel, you know, peel back the layers and find that information. Mm -hmm. But there are so many other protocols that people are getting that are just not paid by insurance. Yeah. And, you know, look, 
I have been banned pretty much. I used to do a lot of interviews with people from Medicare, the government here. Mm -hmm. And when they asked me to do an interview about their report that came out about drug prices, Mm-hmm. I actually read the report and I read the source of the report. And actually, it was one of the most powerful interviews I've ever done. As a matter of fact, I have to tell Linda, we need to re-release it. Because I was all for it until I found out the misrepresentation of the data. Mm-hmm. When you compare systems like the United States with Canada, you already have a, you already have a data issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. And then you decide you're going to pick a country like Italy to compare it to. And then you're going to pick your country like the Arab Republic. And you're thinking to yourself, how does this even make sense? Mm-hmm. But if we don't keep speaking out, if you're not going to stay on the edge, Megan. Yeah. I want to leave us with something that is pretty, pretty edgy. Pretty darn edgy. I'm, I'm going to share a, uh, a link. It's going to spell it out. And I'm going to invite our audience to follow this link to a page on the NIH website, National Institute of Health website. And I will invite you to look at the second medication that is listed on that page for use in treating the virus that shall not be named. Okay, so here is the address. It's nih.govtable2, the number two, e, dot, characteristics of antiviral agents approved or under evaluation for COVID-19 treatment. This is from the NIH website. Yeah. I invite you as part of your research to type that in to whatever search engine you're using. And please look at the first medication yep. and all the counterindications. And then right. please look at the second and know that as of July 8th of this year, that second medication was approved and listed on that NIH website. And I just want to be clear about what NIH is so we're not flagged for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you out there that are monitoring this, NIH is the National Institute of Health. Mm-hmm. NIH is a government agency. So we are referring people to a page on a government agency website for this information. Just want to be really clear as you move forward. And by the way, Olivia or whoever edits this can put that link in there. But I just want to be clear, NIH for everybody out there. So, you know, it's like a National Institute of Health. NIH got a lot of great stuff on there. But what we're talking about, Megan, is very specifically sending you to. Megan, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Pat. And thanks, Steve, for calling in. That was has been a really amazing conversation. And I do hope that it helps others feel more comfortable having a similar conversation. And lives if they need to. Yep. In one of the future shows, what we actually hope to do is actually do a show, medical scientific, on COVID efficacy when you are under other protocols like rheumatoid arthritis medication. Please do not delete this. This is a medical journal statistic, which we will be talking about in the future. 
You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.